0: Oh, it's so good to be here. Um, so let me do this. As you heard, my name is Milo. I'm married to an awesome lady by the name of Allison. We have three amazing kids that differ in color. Um, they go from darker to lightest. Um, and we actually have four kids, but you can't see the fourth one because apparently I ran out of ink. And so we've got four. We can't see the other one, but... You know, that is just how things are going um, in our lives. Like Louis said, we started um, LCCT, Lighthouse Church, Cape Town, two years ago. And we've just been on a journey. And gratefully, and should I say thankfully, we met these amazing people. Louis and Yulandi Skippers. can we just give them a round of applause? Come on, we just... We just want to all honor your amazing leaders. Prodeo, we, we love them. They are so amazing. I mean, I have never met such genuine people. <laughs> I mean, the first time we met, and we met biblically, it, it was a biblical meeting because they were having an Easter egg hunt. And I believe where there's food, it's like what Jesus does. You know, wherever Jesus was, there was food. So, you know, it's like, dude, there's going to be chocolate. And I'm like, chocolate comes from heaven. We are there. And ever since then, we've just been journeying with them. And it's really great. But if you want to meet the most real people that love Jesus, I've got to say, Louis Ulandi, thank you guys for being so amazing. I mean, you guys have just, whenever I needed something, you know, I phone Louis and Louis will tell me, do this, do that. This is how things go, so we really honor your friendship, we honor you guys as people. And they and your little girl, that's not your. We love her as well. Little Abby, where's she? She's oh, looking after Oh, I thought she was looking after the house. That's what we do with our kids. We leave them at home all by themselves. So um, I must say, um, how many of you guys remember school? I had a phobia of coming up these stairs, because I used to be that guy. You know, they would sit at the back, didn't get any awards. And, you know, you watch the people come upstairs waiting for someone to miss a step. So when we got here, I'm like, oh, Lord, this is my time. And I'm like, even though it's carpeted, Lord, just help me up these stairs. Because I don't want to be those people or that person. And as you can see, I've got momentum with me. So if I had to um, roll... It'll be like a Limp song, just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. So <laughs> let's, just, let's just carry on. I was told to try and be as professional as possible when you get up here because we live. So I'm not allowed to do this like, hey mom, how are you doing? I've got two moms, it's good to see you. Everybody that is online, welcome to church. We are so glad that you have joined us and if you've only joined us now on Prodeo's site, Yes, Louis's looking a whole lot better. <laughs> he got a tan, you know, he's, he, gluten is working for him, as you can see. No, I'm just joking. So, um, are there any movie lovers here? Uh, love movie lovers? I want to see back in, there we go, we got movies. Anybody love the Avengers series? Okay, that is good. Because the reason I ask that is because I need to find out how I do the recap Of What we are currently in here at Prodeo, we are going through a series called Worship, and it's all about worship, and uh, we are just going to continue with that series today, so I just wanted to make sure who my audience is, because depending on who is here, I either do the recap as like previous on Igoli. Or, if, if you love movies, you do like Louise from Ant Man. You know, it's like, you know what? I met this guy, and this guy told me about worship. And worship is something that we do, it's what we created to be. So, I just wanted to make sure I know who my audience is. So, as we continue in the series, we are going to be looking at worship. You see, because we were created to worship. That is what we learned last week here at Prodeo. And then just to bring LCCT up to speed, we were created to worship. Now look at the person next to you, and I know you can't talk to them, so sign, we were created to worship. Yes, and now that we're all there, let's carry on. And what we've decided is that, or what we discovered, it's. Worship is our response to what we value most. That is what worship is. and what we're going to do today is as we continue in the series of worship, I would like you to switch on your phones or if you have a Bible, turn to Psalms 115, uh, because what we're going to do is we, we're just going to have a look at what it is what it is when We worship. What happens when we worship? So, Psalms 115 from verse 1 reads as follows, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears, sorry, they have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. So as we continue in the series of worship, I want us to have a look at it from this point of view. You become what you worship. You become what you worship because the more time you spend with someone, the more you become like that person. How many of you agree that? So we had a... When, when our first child was born, his name is Judah, which means praise. He's the darker one out of all of them. Yeah, he was left in the oven just the right time. You know, he, he's got that tan. However, um, so my wife's parents are from the UK, and they've got very strong accents. And so we would leave him by her parents' place, you know, to watch over him while we were away when he was really small. And he picked up their accent, so you'd go home and, and you go, hey, Judah, sup? And he's like, dad, how are thee? It's like, welcome. You know, he, he got their accent because the more time he spent with them, the more he became like them. The more he sounded like them. You know, we, I, I thought he'd get a little bit lighter, but that didn't happen. But but the more time you spend with someone, the more you become like that person. And it doesn't change as you grow older. How many of you guys know that? Because my first, you know, I, I love music. And for me, uh, I loved a genre called... Um, I love a genre for, for, for the people online. Something fell on the roof, and I don't know <laughs> if that was going to fall on me, so I'm just moving. Um, but I love a genre called punk rock. I, my first encounter was a band called The Offspring. Man, and I wanted to be like them. Man, because I love their sound. So I, I taught myself how to, be, to, to play bass. So um, as you can see, I'm not white, and I live in a colored home. The, the genre there is not crazy white boy music. So I would play this music and my parents would look at me weird. But then I started playing bass and my guitar would hang low, you know, like how low can you go? Then I decided, you know what? I need to look the part. Man, I straightened my hair. It is so straight you can't see it today, man. That's how I straightened my, I even dyed it. I mean, I went all colors. I even tried blonde ones, man. It came out yellow and, and it was crazy. But you see, this is the thing. When you worship something, when you idolize something, when you enjoy something else, you try and become like them. And like I say, it doesn't change when you get older because we started watching a, a series on Netflix. A friend got us um, into it. It's about Formula One. I didn't quite like it. Now, we just love the show, but you have to see my wife's driving now. It's amped up. We only stop at certain garages based on how fast they fill up the car. So as they put in this light, she's like, windscreen, check, gone. We am gone. So, so it's not, it's everybody. We all become the things that we worship, but what I'd like to have a look at is as we go back to the text, I've got to ask you, how do you read your Bible? Because you can't just read it like words on a piece of paper because you're going to miss something, and most importantly, it's boring. I don't know about you, but I didn't like reading, let alone the Bible growing up, so my mind is a little bit different because let me explain it to you. You know, we are so concerned about kids playing violent video games, hey? Eh, right? But have you read them the Bible? And this is how I read it. I mean, like, just take the story of David and Goliath, okay? David is this young boy. He decides he's going to go to war. He faces a level 10 boss. For those gamers out there, level 10 bots, he thinks he's the man. He doesn't even buy armor, you know, he doesn't sit there and go, B51, get like a Kevlar vest. He just runs in and then he destroys this giant by throwing a stone against his head. But come on, man, you've got to read it like they say it there. I mean, it goes in and it comes up. And then this giant falls and then he runs to him. And I got this picture of like gladiator where David stands on his chest and he goes, are you not entertained? And then he picks up the sword and chops off his head like blood everywhere. I was like, you've got to read the Bible like that. And can I tell you something? That is a bedtime story we read to our kids. Wow. I mean, imagine now you must know that is how alive the Bible is. That is how we should read it. When you see this, that is how we should look at the text. So, if we go back to that thing which we just read in Psalms 115, it starts off with the psalmist just giving praise to God. He walks in there and he's like, Not us, Lord, but to you is all the glory. To you is all the glory. And he just worships God. And then he goes, How do people even think about asking us, Where is our God? And he goes, come on, man, think about it. Our God does what he wants. He walks around. He he reaches down when I'm in trouble. He steps into a situation where I think I cannot do anything, and he saves me. He goes, and when I'm broken, he comes to me and he comforts me. He restores me. That is my God, and that is the one I worship. And we need to have a look at that verses just like that, because then he goes on. I don't get it. Why do they ask about where my God is? Because look at their God. Their God is lifeless. Their God is confined to a room, to a space. He can't do anything. He can't help them. So if they can't see it, they won't worship it. So they would make these idols of wood, silver, and making things that would touch their emotions, because if it touches my emotions, I feel good. It's all about me. It touches my intellect, because if I can explain it, it is real. And then it touches me in a way where I feel powerful, because the more I get, the stronger I am, the more I can do, the more I can turn around. And they go, those are what our gods are. And the psalmist goes, you will always need More if that is who you worship. Because it's empty. It's lifeless. There is nothing you can get from that. And the psalmist laughs at them. And he mocks them. There's a whole lot of mocking going on in the Bible. You know, like even Elijah mocks people. Where's your God? He's on the toilet. "Mm." And he mocks them. And he goes, You will be lifeless, just like the things that you worship. You will become like that. And he gets it. Why? Because worship doesn't change God. How many of you guys know that? For us as Christians, when we worship, we don't change God. We change We change everything in us, changes. He stays the same, he remains good, he remains faithful, he remains trustworthy. And what do we become? We become something that reflects that. So, when you worship something that is of this earth, let me let me let me put it this way we were created, like Louis said last week, in the image of God. So, what does that mean? Number one, you are creative, number two, you are good. But when you worship something else that is lifeless, it's normally made in our image, with our flaws, with our issues. And here we go, when we worship them, we always need more. This walk as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, is a process of us being transformed into the image of God, the one we worship So if we have a look here at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, this is what it says. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, we become like Him. We were created in Him, His image. We come as we are, flawed, broken, hurt." And what happens in those times of worship? We get changed. How many of you guys have ever been hurt and run to your mom? Um, When you were small, not now. (laughs) But the thing is, the moment you get hurt, you run to your mom. And what does your mom do? The love that she has, she throws that on you. And who changes? You change. It's the same with our God. When we go to Him and we worship Him, whatever He is, he puts on us and we reflect that. And that is why in 2 Corinthians, Paul is saying, as we gaze upon God, as we worship Him, we become like Him. We are transformed into who He is. And this is what we need to understand, that worship is not a genre and worship is not a song. Worship is a lifestyle. It's all about the lifestyle that changes. We are transformed as we encounter God. Encounters mean we get closer to Him. The closer we get to Him, the more we know about Him—not just sorry, the more we get to know Him, not just know about Him. Hey, we we don't want to be those stalker Christians, you know those? Um, I met my wife in a nightclub. Um, it's a very dodgy place to meet your wife. When you are wanting to be a pastor, but that is where we are. And I judged her from a distance. I'm like, heathen, how could you go to church? Because I first saw her in church. And then my friends invited me to a club. And me, I go, how dare she go to a club? But that's because I didn't know her. I knew about her, but I didn't know her. But the more time I spent with her, the more encounters I had with her, I got to know her. We've got these amazing friends. We've been friends for like over 15, close to 16, 18 years, 20, the number just keeps going. Uh, we've been friends very long. And I also met them in church before, when I met my wife. And it was just before we left for Cape Town about three years ago. She comes up to me and she confesses, is like, dude, when I first met you, I didn't like you. I'm like, what? How, is, how are you only telling me this now? We're leaving. Our hearts are breaking, you are best friends, and now you tell me you don't like us? She's like, no, I didn't like you. Oh, wow, that hurts. And she goes, but then I got to know you. You see, the thing is, encounters bring us closer to Jesus. Because the further you are from him, the more distorted our perception is of who he is. And our perception of God will show you the extent to what we worship him. And in the extent of what we worship him is the amount of transformation that will come unto us. So we have to get closer to him so that we get to know him more. The closer we get, our perception changes. The greater our revelation, the greater our revelation, the more we worship, the more we worship, the more we become like him because we spend more time. In his presence, we spend more time with him. So our worship of Jesus changes our lives. So who are you worshiping at this moment? What are you looking like? Because where you worship, your lifestyle changes and is transformed into that. And then the first thing, the second thing that changes from a lifestyle that changes is you change from within. Worship changes your heart first. Because whatever gets your heart, gets you. How many of you guys know it's easier to change your mind than it is to change your heart? Like for us, dude, I could change my mind about going to gym. I enjoy going to gym. Next year, I'll probably go into one. But I enjoy it. And the problem is, I can change my mind from the moment I wake up to the time I get to the door, Because then the weather's not right, and it's like, oh, no, no, not the weather. My hair, can't get my hair wet. But if it's in your heart, no matter what comes your way, you will pursue it. Because, like, I was chatting to Louis, and during lockdown, he was like, Milo, I'm in the best shape I've ever been because I train at home. Me, I'm like... I train nothing. I train my dog not to come in and eat my food. But in my mind, I could just picture Pastor Louie at home, you know, like he does CrossFit. And then you, his wife, Yulandi standing there with the baby and he picks her up, lifts her over his head. And he squats with her and comes up and does a few. And he's like, I'm in the greatest shape. Me, I'm like, uh-uh. Only thing I'm picking up is weight. <laughs> and it's not making me lose things. But you see, whatever grabs your heart grabs you. And I want to show you something about how it works when you worship. What you worship grabs your heart. In the book of Luke, in chapter 18, we have an encounter with this young, rich ruler. And what happens at this point in time, he comes to God. And we need to understand our worship is not a ritual. It's not a checklist that we can mark off. Like I said, it's a lifestyle that we live because he approaches Jesus and he asks Jesus, What must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus tells him what he should do. And he goes, I have done that since I was small. And then Jesus goes, the only thing left to do then is to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And it says he was saddened by that because he was really wealthy and he left. He didn't change. In certain translations, they say his face fell. Now imagine me reading that, that part in the Bible. It's like, where would it go? How did, did he, who picked it up? Did they like just kick it towards him? I don't know. But now you see, whatever has your heart has you. His wealth had his heart, so he couldn't change. But let me take you to a different encounter. And it's in the book of Luke, just one chapter later. We encounter a man by the name of Zacchaeus, a chief Tax collector. Now, when I say chief tax collector, he's that guy that has, you know, those homeboys walking with him and they make their own songs. I've got my money on my mind and my mind on my money. It's like, pay up. See, this is how I read the Bible. I mean, my Bible is so gangster, it's it's crazy. (laughs) But he has an encounter with Jesus, and the first thing that changes is his heart. Look at this in verse 8 of chapter 19. It says this, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. I'm just going to pause there. I'm just reading this one verse. Because before, from verse 1 up until verse 8, we meet Zacchaeus. His whole story is he just wants to see who Jesus is. He's heard about him, and he wants to see who he is. So he climbs a tree and then encounters Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm going to your house. It doesn't say that Jesus preached a sermon to him. It doesn't say anything. It just says, after that... Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Because when he encountered Jesus, the first thing that changed was his heart. And he wasn't willing to hold on to anything, but he gave it away. Your You change from within when you worship God. You see, God is a God of compassion, and compassion starts where? In the heart. And if ever you read the Gospels where you see the word Jesus and compassion, the very next thing that follows is miracles, because you cannot change a nation when your heart isn't changed yourself. You cannot see breakthrough in your family's life if your heart has not changed yourself. And that is what worship does. When we worship Jesus, we become like Him. We get His heart. We are filled with compassion. And when we are filled with compassion, it reflects His heart. And people around us change. And then the, I want to close off with this last point. Worship changes Your motives. Any of you guys have kids? And once again, this is all ages. My daughter, Rebecca, this is Snow White. She is the lightest of them all. (laughs) The fairest in the land. I mean, even Snow looks at her and goes, oh my gosh, you're white. She is amazing. She is the most outspoken one. But she is the most easiest to read, because she will come up in the morning and she'll wake up and she'll do this with the hair and she goes, "Hey, daddy, I love you." And when she starts with that, I know, "What do you want?" Because her motives are shown from what she needs. And this is the thing we need to understand when we worship Jesus, our motives change. When we worship something else, our our motives are for us to grow, for us to increase, for us to get what we want. But when we worship Jesus, it's something else, you know, you're not coming to get something, you're coming to give something away. You come to give praise to him. You come to give honor to him, to tell him how good he is. And in that, without us even needing it, he changes us. Jesus doesn't need you to change, though, before you come to him. I've got to tell you this. Come to him as you are. I tell my kids, if there is something wrong, come to me. Accept my oldest. Brush your teeth first and then come to me. But Jesus goes, I don't care what you're going through. Come to me. Come to me. And I will do the fixing. I will do the changing because it's out of love. Turn with me to the book of Mark. I just want to show you this last thing and then we're done. Mark 14 from verse 3, it reads as follows. While, we, while he was in Bethany reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard, She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why the waste of this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. But Jesus says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Now we're talking about motives. And if you have kids like us, we've got different kind of um, bathroom sanitizers when we are at home and when we get visitors. Because when we're at home, my kids, anything with a bottle that smells nice, they will spray. They will spray the dogs. They will spray each other. They will spray the people outside. And it never lasts Long, we as parents, like, no, 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 you need to be spare, you need to work sparingly with this. So, even the, the air freshener in the toilet changes when we get visitors. I mean, yeah, so when you come, it's going to smell nice, <laughs> but they're not allowed to go in there because they will waste it. How many of you guys know that kids waste stuff, but how do you know they live a life of generosity? It's not just, it smells nice, it's like, Shh, I smell nice. Everything about me smells nice. And this is the thing. When this woman came, she gave of her best. It says they broke it. She broke the jar, which means it couldn't be fixed, which means she had to give it all. There was no way to close it. So when Jesus, she was just showing us something. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he gave it all. He didn't spare anything. Her worship was already showing her heart. And her motives was not to get anything in return. It was to... Be a blessing. And when we worship Jesus, we become like Him. We become generous with everything that we are. We become generous with our time, with our finances, with our skill. Because that is what worship does. Worship changes us. When you worship anything of the world, it's all about what you can get. But when you go and worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, this is who I am. I give it to you. You see people like he does. You walk a life of compassion like he does. And you look for opportunities to be generous like he does. So if you want a life of purpose, you need to worship our king. You need to worship Jesus. Because as you worship him, you become more like him. Let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're continually doing a good work in us and through us. Father God, I pray that we will have more encounters with you. Because as we have encounters with you, we get to see more of you. We get to understand you more. We draw closer to you. And in everything, you show us your love. You bless us. So Father, I pray over every individual, over every family represented here, may we become people that live a life of worship so that as we worship, we change, and we bless your name, King Jesus. Amen.